Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Lost Islamic History podcast. This is our first podcast at Lost Islamic History and we're going to be starting out with a series on the Crusades. The Crusades are one of the most important military conflicts of all time. They had a huge effect in Christian Europe as well as the Muslim world and we'll see that throughout this series. The Crusades are all about the city of Jerusalem. It was an epic struggle between the two world powers of the 12th century, Islam and Christianity. But before we get into the city of Jerusalem and the Crusades themselves, we have to analyze events far away from Jerusalem and long before the First Crusade to understand the reasons behind this war. In 1071, the Seljuk Turks defeated the Byzantine Empire at the Battle of Manzikert in eastern Anatolia. Now, the Seljuks were a group of Turks that had migrated from Central Asia to the Middle East and converted to Islam. They established an empire throughout what is now Syria, Iraq, and Iran. That was the largest Muslim empire of its time. Being great warriors, they picked up the armed struggle against the Byzantines that had been on and off since the 600s. The Byzantines were the successor state to the old Roman Empire. They were based in the imperial capital of Constantinople and had control over much of the Balkan Peninsula and Asia Minor, which is now present-day Turkey. Now, at the Battle of Manzikert, the Seljuks completely defeated the Byzantines. I mean, the Byzantine army was completely routed, and the Byzantines effectively lost control over the entire Anatolian Peninsula, basically opening it up for Muslim settlement. So, as Muslim Turkish tribes settled in Anatolia, the Byzantines became more and more apprehensive about their existence. Eventually, by the late 1000s, the Turks had appeared across the Bosphorus Strait from Constantinople, their capital. At this point, the Byzantine emperor Alexios decided enough was enough. He sent a letter to Pope Urban II, the Catholic Pope in Rome, asking for help. Alexios probably was just looking for a few hundred knights to help him turn the tide against the Turks and protect his capital. Now, here is where this connects back to Jerusalem and the Crusades. Pope Urban II decided to reply to Alexios' plea for help, but he didn't care much for helping the Byzantines. After all, the Byzantines are Eastern Orthodox, while the Pope was in charge of the Catholic Church in the West. These two were bitter rivals. They were both Christians, but had huge differences when it came to theology and how to practice Christianity. So instead of helping the Byzantines, Pope Urban decided to recruit a giant Catholic army. His goal wasn't to help the Byzantines but instead he wanted to capture Jerusalem and establish a Catholic kingdom right in the heart of the Muslim world. He used Alexios's letter as an excuse to invade the Middle East and destroy Islam itself. So at the Council of Clermont in 1096, Pope Urban rallied the masses to join this crusade to capture the Holy Land from what he called the Muslim infidels. The people responded. Dozens of thousands of people from knights to regular peasants joined this army, which began to make its way through Europe on its way to the Holy Land. Before even leaving Christian-dominated Europe, however, the Crusades would begin their destruction and murder of non-Christians. As they were marching through the Rhineland in present-day Germany in 1096, they massacred thousands of Jews on their way to the Muslim world. Eastern Orthodox Christians also suffered such pillage and destruction as Crusader armies marched through their towns. That's why when they arrived at Constantinople, Alexios refused to even let them into the city. He saw these guys as barbaric invaders and was more than happy to let them pass right by his city without coming in. This was not the few hundred knights he was expecting. This was a ragged mass of people from all walks of life in Europe that were on a mission to destroy Islam and claim the Holy Land for themselves. The first group of crusaders was known as the People's Crusade. 
And when they reached the Turkish lands of Anatolia, they were easily defeated by Kilij Arsalan, the Turkish emir or governor of the region. The next group, however, known as the First Crusade, wasn't so easy. They easily defeated the Turks in Anatolia and made their way further into Muslim lands, finally appearing at the walls of the city of Antioch in October of 1097. Antioch was actually a very, very well-defended city. It had massive walls that were very difficult to break and was surrounded on the south, east, and west by valleys that made it very, very difficult to attack. The Crusader army of around 30,000 people was strong, but Antioch was stronger. Nevertheless, the emir of Antioch, Yagi Siyan, sought help from surrounding cities throughout Syria against this crusader army. Now, here's a note about Middle Eastern politics in the late 1000s. The great Seljuk Empire that we talked about earlier, yeah, now it's basically completely deteriorated. There was no large Muslim empire with a central army that could ride to the rescue of Antioch. Yagi Siyan had to rely on individual emirs of other cities to send their armies to come and help him. The problem, however, was the constant infighting among the emirs of the Muslim world at this time. Each emir was looking to expand his own power at the extent of other cities nearby. Yagi Siyan was part of this nasty game of politics, so when he called out for help, naturally the nearby emirs were reluctant to do much. Some even said that they'd rather see the crusaders take Antioch than have Yagi Siyan in charge of it. In any case, that relief army that Yagi Siyan was hoping for never came. But it shouldn't be a big deal. He was still very well protected by the walls and the mountains and the valleys and the river surrounding Antioch. He figured that the crusaders would remain outside his city walls, they'd fail in their siege of the city, and eventually they'd go home. Well, that's probably what would have happened, if it wasn't for this one guy who had a beef with Yagi Siyan. There was this armor maker in Antioch. His name was Firuz. Yagi Siyan had recently busted him on black market trading, and he made him pay a pretty hefty fine. In what was probably one of Yagi Siyan's worst moves as a military leader, he had Firuz in charge of Antioch's walls. Firuz was really eager to get back at Yagi Siyan. You could see where this is going to go. He decided to betray the emir and turn the city over to the crusaders. He contacted the crusaders who were on the verge of giving up, and he told them he would help them get into the city. On June 2nd, 1098, in the middle of the night, Firuz let some crusaders climb into his tower along Antioch's walls. They then went and opened up the gates for the rest of the crusader army, who made it into the city by the morning. By midday, the city was completely in the control of the crusaders, and a general massacre of Antioch's entire population began. Yagi Siyan himself was killed in the fighting, and the Crusaders were able to capture the city and continue on with their campaign, heading for the Holy Land. So despite the fact that this city was basically unconquerable, because of one guy who had a beef with Yagi Siyan, the Crusaders were able to get in, get some supplies, get some food, and move on with their destruction. So that wraps it up for this episode. Next time we're going to discuss the continued crusader march towards Jerusalem and what happens when they get there. Make sure to subscribe to Lost Islamic History on iTunes and YouTube to stay up to date with the latest episodes. And visit us at lostislamichistory.com. This is the Lost Islamic History Podcast, and I'm Firas Al-Khatib. Thanks for listening. <laughs>